everybody to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this is for Tuesday, April the 25th, 2023. My very good friend, Marcelo Ambriz, returns to the show to talk about a variety of topics, which is always awesome and really cool. Uh, music, uh, his trip to South America, the English Premier League, uh, Dodger baseball, so many other great topics that we touch on. Mostly music, primarily on music and collecting music. But uh, before I get to Marcelo, I wanted to d- address a few things really quick. Uh, I hope everybody got a chance to, to listen to my Super Mario Brothers movie review episode from last week with Nathan Wolf. Uh, it was actually pretty cool if you did. And you may have noticed that uh, a specific uh, theme song was used to intro the episode, which uh, I thought maybe I might have get deemed for maybe a little bit in trouble. But no, I, I kind of flew under the radar which is kind of cool. The Casting for Fun podcast tends to do that. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm excited that I can maybe, pull, I don't want to press my luck, but I'm, I might be inclined to use certain uh, music uh, moving forward. Uh, but again, I might have to record two different uh, or edit two different episodes of a, or two different versions of a specific episode. One that features my traditional uh, music that that is 100% license free and one that might fall in a little, little gray area. <laughs> and that, that's going to be in keeping in mind for next month in May, because I'm actually going to be doing three episodes dedicated to Star Wars. So May is going to be Star Wars month. It's going to be really, really cool. Lots of great guests coming on to talk about all things Star Wars. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, but before that, we get to this week's episode with Marcelo where I, I felt inclined to do an episode talking about music. I know Marcelo loves collecting music as much as I do. And in honor of Record Store Day, which was just this past weekend, I wanted to talk about his time working at Tower Records, uh, collecting music for all these years, what we're listening to. Uh, for when it comes to music, I can talk for hours. So I'm actually really excited that Marcelo was able to join me. And we touch on a variety of other topics as well, as I mentioned earlier in this uh, intro. So here we go. This is my conversation with Marcelo Andres. Returning to the Casting for Fun podcast is my very good friend, Marcelo Andres. Marcelo, how are you tonight, my friend? What's up? What's up? I'm doing great. Just uh, had a long day at work, but uh, this was one thing I was looking forward to. So happy to be back. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I love just uh, catching up with friends and then talking about the things that we love. So I, I wanted to have a conversation about music collecting because I know uh, it's a huge pa- passion of yours. And I mean, we back in the day, we would like share MP3s all the time and share music together. That was a really cool experience that we did back then. So and, and because Record Store Day just happened this past weekend. So I don't know if you're really big on, on going to the vinyl shopping for, for stores, but it, it's a cool uh, hobby that lots of people are getting into, which is really cool. So I just kind of wanted to have a conversation about that. Yeah, 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 man. I 
I have to admit, man, like, uh, I think, um, you know, I, uh, with, when it came to like, like CDs, you know, you would have like the American version and then you would have like these Japanese imports that are like really cool and sort of uh, like, I think it, for me, it started there. And then obviously, uh, you know, as like music became more ubiquitous, it kind of like combined the CD and um, was, it, it, it was like a cost that you didn't want to take because you knew you could find it somewhere else for cheaper. But I think with like vinyl in particular, like you're not only buying music, but you're buying like a piece of art, you know, like just even thinking about like probably one of the most popular albums, like uh, Sgt. Pepper's, it's like such like an iconic album. So you, you're not only are you buying amazing music, you've got like a great visual to go with it and, you know, seeing, you know, those guys and those, the, the way they dress. I mean, I think with vinyl, you, you, it's an added sort of like incentive to buy, you know, um, to buy that, that like music form because it really does like kind of give you more money than, than what you paid for. You know, you get your money's worth. Oh, absolutely, man. Like I kind of touched on this on a previous episode that I did last year, but I got into collecting vinyl specifically because I was just randomly shopping at the Ikea near where we used to live in West Covina. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. then like I saw like at the, the, the downstairs area, I mean, you have to be careful at Ikea. It's very easy to get lost there. <laughs> but, right, uh, right. Yeah, but anyway, so I saw like in like the home decor section, they had like the perfectly framed like square frame picture frames for for vinyl records and then thinking to myself oh, nice. this is really cool to like you know just start a collection collecting them and buying them and then my collection started to get so big that i figured might as well buy a record player so i can actually listen to the the vinyls that i'm collecting yeah 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 that's great i mean like uh, again i mean sonically it's you know everyone's gonna say it sounds more warm and like i totally agree you know it's like cliche but it's true but you know, you're buying music and you're buying a piece of an art, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, like, think about like some of the more sought after like reissues are ones that have like a different color, color vinyl. So sometimes a pink, see-through, different colors. Like if you did that on a CD, it, it's not as impressive, you know, it, looking at something so small that looks colorful, but if it's bigger, and something that you can actually like hold with your two hands and you inspect it and it's like there in front of you. It's like, again, it's like a piece of art. So it's like, you know, whether you're hanging them on your wall or you're listening to them, it's like, it's enriching your life, you know, one way or another. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I have a question that I wanted to ask you. I usually ask all of my music enthusiast friends to see if they can remember, because I think music is so impactful for us that most of us probably can remember this. Do you remember what was the very first album you ever purchased, regardless of format, whether it was CD, vinyl? Uh, I, meant, I mean, obviously, we're both old men, so we probably bought CDs. But I mean, the kids today could probably <laughs> tell you what was the first MP3 album they purchased. So, so for you, what was your first album? Oh, my gosh. So the first album that I ever bought was, so it's sort of weird. I bought, I bought um, Bob Marley legend. Like, I don't know who's, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm not the only one. I know a ton of other people have done it, but I have purchased it for the first time, for their first time. Yeah. But, um, and, and I got a single of uh, Duran Duran's Ordinary World. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> 
You know what? I think they had performed it on uh, like an award show and it was like, and I watched it and I was like, so beautiful. I mean, I'm sure you, you know how it sounds like mm-hmm. um, it was like so beautiful. And I was like moved and I was like, you know, thumbing through the singles at the warehouse in Covina and like it's there like smack dad where I could just grab it. It wasn't too tall to like it almost like if it were waiting for me and uh-huh. I got it. And it's so crazy. Cause like the single, I can picture it now. And I know it's some variation of what I'm going to explain, but it's like sort of like a collage of old black and white photos. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it is. And then I got, I got Bob Marley legend. So I got those two like pretty polar opposite uh, styles of music, if you will, you know? Oh yeah, 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 for sure, man. Now actually going on back on the concept of the album covers, if I'm not mistaken, the the Duran Duran self-titled album that had that song and then uh come undone, I think it's a collage of like all the band members' parents' wedding day pictures, something like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Cause the theme is like uh, uh like uh engagement or wedding day photo, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind it's, of interesting. Oh, sorry, interrupt you, man. No, but it's kind of interesting that sometimes uh, you don't always think about that. But the artists they put a lot of t- effort into their album covers. I think, and like, there's actually maybe hidden themes that we don't always see, but that, that they right. very much have on display, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's like it's another way to like express their sort of point of view is to to sort of have like an actual visual representation of like what they feel at the moment. Yeah. I wonder how many bands are like that today, but I know that like, you know, you're still putting thought into it, you know, one way or another. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. So what was your first, what was your first record? Oh, okay. So this one's kind of a two part answer. So like when I was really young, I'm going to say probably 11 in like the early nineties, when the Wayne's world movie came out, my, my younger brother, Danny and I, we pulled our money together to buy the soundtrack on, on CD because we just oh. heard like Bohemian Rhapsody and just absolutely loved it. So we were part of that generation that grew up with that song because of, because of Wayne's World, you know? <laughs> oh, was that the first time you've ever heard that song? I, yeah, before I, ne- I never heard it before. Yeah, it was the first time too. And I was like, sort of blown away by it. And then, but like all my other friends seemed, they're like, oh yeah, that's just Queen. And I'm like, how, how, how have I never heard of Queen? Like <laughs> with a banger like that? Yeah, <laughs> I not know what's going on. I and me not know who they are. It's like, come on, like what? What is this? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, for completionists who want to know, the very first album I bought entirely on my own that I didn't have to share with any siblings or anything was actually the the Cranberries. Uh, everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? So that's oh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, at the time, it got a lot of airplay on K Rock, but uh, in the, no disrespect to the Cranberries, but I think shortly after that, my my taste got a little more. Uh, uh, like adventurous as you will not like right. kind of playing it safe or you know it's something you can easily play in front of your your parents listening in so <laughs> yeah well I mean it also kind of goes to show like like what you're exposed to like artistically is what you end up appreciating more right it's like um uh so if it's like it, you know how they're like back in the day we only had a few radio stations that we would listen to you know like mm-hmm. for me it was obviously k-rock 106.7 yeah. but then there was like why 107 do you remember what remember i do y remember why yeah 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 so <laughs> like 
one was like a slightly heavier than the other one. Uh-huh. And, uh, but what I'm saying is like, the more times you hear something, it, you end up liking it. So K-Rock was probably playing Linger like nonstop, right? At that time, yeah, 1993, 94. Yeah, yeah. So you were probably like subliminally like, you know, told to buy that album. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Dolores, by the way. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, they, they were a great brand. They were a great brand for sure. So, I mean, again, my, my musical taste varies. In fact, if you looked at the, the iTunes library that, that you and I and Nick had back in 2005, 2006, 2007, when we were all roommates, I mean, there was just tons and tons of musical genres that we all collected together, which was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think the through line between all of us was our love for 311 and seeing them live. Heck yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. And then actually, you know, going back to your point, how you just mentioned about like uh, what you're exposed to, I think kind of shapes your your uh, interests and tastes. Uh, the, my love for 311 really came from you guys. Like, I mean, just it was oh, almost really? like, uh, you know, hanging out with you guys, like going on road trips. Like we talked about it before, like road trip in your mom's car going to Fresno. And then uh, uh, some of the other ones that later shows that I would do so much so that uh, Nick and I would go all the way to New Orleans for 311 day in 2010. Yeah. So things like that. Vegas trips. So uh, it was like a, a way to, to, you know, bond with you guys and then enjoy something that was really cool and awesome. But I'm wondering, oftentimes I think like, did we have a passion for another band like that? Like, would we have done that for the Chili Peppers or Incubus or someone else like that? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I probably don't think so because, you know, you know, a band like 311 is touring because like, you know, a majority of like their income is coming from touring. Yeah. So uh, my guess is like the demand is there, but also it fits in with their goals that they have. So Mm -hmm. uh, as a band, so I think like by them being, um, as, uh, for them being as like busy as they are, they're only staying that busy because people want to see them is I guess what I'm trying to say. And then because that happened so often, we were able to have all these like cool road trips, like almost every year, you know? Yeah. It was actually kind of interesting. Like my, my wife and I were talking about that because there was that stretch of like, you know, the the summer unity tours where every single summer 311 was at the the old uh, Irvine medals. So it was really cool. Just like, Hey, I mean, when's 311 playing this summer? Okay. Let's get tickets and go. So it, it right, was pretty right. cool to have that level of uh, consistency. Yeah. And yeah you don't really I get mean, with other bands. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and dude, and I'm, I, I don't know if you post the video of this, but uh, for those of you who don't, who can't see, obviously most of you, I have a fish hat on uh-huh. and <laughs> I have a fish hat and I went to see fish on, th- on Saturday night. And I'll be honest with you, man, you know, like I had some, like I had some predisposition, I had a predisposition before I got there. I just thought it's some like white hippie crap and it's just a jam band and and I'm going to smell like people's BL. Like it was like all negative. When I got there, I was just blown away that like, Hey, there's so many people who are into fish Mm -hmm. and travel, but it really is sort of a testament to the music, you know, yeah. like it, it, because those guys are amazing musicians, dude. I like think about like Mahoney playing the guitar, like 
after drinking like 10 Red Bulls and just like jamming for three hours, essentially, Mm -hmm. like an hour and a half. Then they take a 30 minute break and then they take an hour and a half set. That's three hours of full on musicianship. It's crazy. It's, it's insane. It's, it's a good time. And I, 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 I recommend anyone listening to this to catch one fish. So, and buy a hat please do please <laughs> buy a hat. very cool man very cool you know it's actually funny you mentioned that because uh, i have uh so uh, other friends so no no connection to you at all who were also there at the hollywood bowl on uh saturday to see them which was kind of cool to see their no way picture. yeah <laughs> that's so funny yeah <laughs> did you like ex- did you expect them like were you surprised that you that they were fish fans I kind of was. Yeah, because I knew. Uh, so it was actually it's my my current employer. I mean, I've been with the company for many years now. Uh, their uh, daughter, who's older than me with her husband and their kids. Uh, I know she was really big on key rock music. So like, you know, bands of the 90s. So, uh, you know, your Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, stuff like yeah. that. I know she liked. But then all of a sudden she said, oh, we're at a fish concert. So it might have been because of her husband's influence, but it seems like they had a fun time. So nice. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a great time. And I'd recommend it. Seriously. Awesome, man. Awesome. So I wanted to go back to uh, the record store experience itself. So uh, it's really cool that I remember when we first met, that was one of the things that I remember about you, that you had actually worked at Tower Records in West Covina. Uh, and that actually yeah. working at a record store is one of those job experiences that I, I always wanted to have. I never applied, though. I really wish I had at some time in my youth. But I wanted to get your take on the experience of actually working at a record store. Man, you know what? it was like my first like legitimate job ever. Mm-hmm. And it was so random. Like I, uh, uh, there was a person at our church who was like, uh, um, worked for tower records, but she was in charge of like the world and like Latin music and world and Latin music, something like that. Right. That, that section, if, if anyone has ever been in that, uh, Tower Records in West Covina. It's literally like if you're coming, it's like right behind the register. Uh, and it's like a small room, but like the lady who ran that section went to my church and was like, Hey, do you want to work at Tower Records? I did. I applied and I got it. And it was just fun, man. Like there was like I was like like I feel like I felt like I genuinely felt like I was in a, in a movie because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like a freshman in college and you see all these, like, uh, for lack of a better definition, like alternative people, you know, like there are people who, you know, who like grunge, who were like wearing leather pants and like, uh, like, you know, emo was just like starting. So like having swooping, like having interest in hair and piercings and stuff like, seriously, we had it all, man. It's, it was so interesting. And mm-hmm. like, uh, if you remember, like Tower Records used to be open from like 8 a.m. to midnight. Mm-hmm. So like the store was closed, like uh, the store was closed, like only a few hours a day. Uh, but the craziest things would happen between 10 and midnight, like the craziest things, like people rushing in at literally like 11:59 to find some obscure like uh like um uh, Crosby Stills Nash and Young album like it would happen all the time and like getting assaulted by someone trying to uh steal um 
but like there's this one time I was taking out the trash and then they caught someone stealing, but that dude had to run towards the exit where I was leaving out of. And he like totally like knocked me over and it caused this whole hubbub, but he got away and it was just like stuff like that would happen like a a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. But it was also when I was like, I'm sorry, I'm like, I feel like I'm rambling, but that was like from 12 to midnight was when like the people who really knew music would put on their own, the, 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 like the music that they liked, because from like, you know, from all day up to like 10, you're playing, I don't know, like the hottest thing that's, you know, at that time, like Smash Mouth, like, uh, you know, Alice in Chains, Tool, like they were playing that stuff because they wanted to move that. But at midnight, I mean, I'm sorry, at 10, you know, someone would put on trance music, some like, some like Paul Oakenfold stuff, like from the like mid nineties to the late nineties. And it was like amazing stuff. But then it, it was so good. People would come up to us and say like, Hey, where can I buy this album? And they're all like, this is the the, the copy that we were playing was the only copy in the store. So we were like teasing people. It was, it was so funny why we would do that. And we would like, try to like do the over under, like how many people you think are going to come up to us and ask us what, what we're playing. We did that all the time because it felt like it made us feel like more like, you know, uh, it, it made us feel like we were cool, you know, cause we knew something that not a lot of people knew about. So yeah, it was cool, man. I loved it. Uh, oh, that's awesome, man. I, I would imagine that would be the case of, you know, your, your, uh, night owls wanting to come out and find the more obscure stuff. And it was really cool that the tower square footage was really big. So they had just massive amount of stuff to choose from, which is like really, yeah. Big. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate it, to go to a record store today, like the small indie ones. I mean, it's I'm glad that they're there and I'm glad that they're doing good business, but it's really kind of small that to the point where I used to love going to tower and just lose myself for hours. But some of the small indie show, shops today, like by 30 minutes, I'm already done because I already looked through everything they had. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just the way we consume media now, you know, yeah. like it, it, obviously if there were no MP3s or, you know, streaming services, I think we would be more apt to like really like get lost in it. You know, you may have not purchased like 10 albums by the end, but now, you know, like how the, how the new like Muse album sounds like, or, you know, uh, I, I was, dude, if it wasn't for, honestly, if it wasn't for like um, Virgin Breakers store, I, I don't think I would ever have gotten into Arcade Fire because when, uh, Neon Bible came out. I went into a Virgin, you know, mega store, went in and they had it in one of their like, you know, booths where you could listen to music. And I listened to that album and like three songs in, and I'm like, I don't care if the rest of the songs are horrible. Like these three songs are uh, amazing. So I, I bought it based on that. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my car and it's like, quite possibly like one of their best albums you know like not commercially success successful as like the suburbs but like yeah 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 and now i'm getting a little too heavy about it but yeah 
No, it's perfect, man. I, I definitely want to, in fact, I'm going to, that's one of the questions I had, just like kind of what you're listening to now, because I definitely want to get your take on that. But what I wanted to ask before that was, uh, what are some of the more rare, obscure stuff that you've been able to collect over the years? And I mean, are, are you still collecting in this digital age where you, you mentioned like streaming's kind of taken over everything? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't buy music nearly as much. I did buy um, an album um, by a guy named uh, Gabriel DeRosa. And he's like a, a mutual friend. Like we're friends, but we're really um we have mutual friends but we're like always uh he's my friend he's my friend anyway that's a great guy right he works he moved from here he moved to the united states from brazil in hopes of like get making it into uh making a uh uh like getting a, like a heavy metal band together and like playing that shit and um but then he would always keep on playing like these traditional samba you know tunes on his on his guitar and uh there's a guy named peter butter wolf who owns a company called stones throw records right mm-hmm. um somehow those two know each other and peanut butter wolf was like yo like you should record an album of like sort of traditional samba like brazilian music mm-hmm. and then he's like sure so he ends up like making this album and it's Honestly, like it's very beautiful, man. It's like if you're if it's if it's sunny outside, find that record and just like play it and listen to it and like experience, you know, the warmth of the music, but of outside, it's just it really is like a beautiful um, album. And um, and you know, I, I know the guy, and he's like a bartender in in Highland Park, and you know, mm-hmm. several several like bartending gigs, and I don't know, man, I, like someone who's who's striving for his, you know, to reach his goal, but isn't prideful enough to, you know, work hard and make sure that his needs are met, you know, like yeah. that he has the essentials in life. So I just wanted to help him out. And I, I just, I bought, I bought the record. I still, you know, haven't listened to it on, you know, actual uh, turntables, but I mean, I listen to it pretty often and you know how Spotify has like that algorithm creates like a playlist after you listen to like a particular song or an album, it will start playing similar music for you. Like the playlist that, that uh, Gabriel DeRosa's album triggers is like a a bunch of great, like old and like modern, like Samba music. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. So I definitely want to check that out. So Gabriel DeRosa, you said. Yeah. um, Hold on. Uh, I mean, I know no one's going to be able to see it, but uh, talk about like how we were talking about um, like works of art. Like, yeah. look how beautiful this album. Oh, hold on. Um, yeah, this this album is like so beautiful. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's see if I can. There you go. Uh, there we go. There. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it, it's really good. So, so for listeners, t- take my word for it. Marcelo's uh, not exaggerating. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, that was like the last piece of music. But I think, you know, I can listen to anything I want to, you know, at any given moment. If I want to listen to the Beatles, uh, I can have a Beatles day and I can like jump back and forth. And maybe if I'm tired of it for a few hours, I'll throw on a podcast. It's like, it really is so convenient and 
the appreciation is still the same, you know, it's just like a different way of listening to it. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I, I would definitely say there's no wrong way for, for taking in music because music such a, uh, has a, such a, uh, meaningful, impactful, uh, way in our lives, you know? And, and so any way you take it in is great. Uh, but again, for the record store experience, again, just going there, flipping through, like talking to other people about what they're listening to, I think it kind of builds on that experience so that you can discover new stuff that you didn't even know existed. So just sharing what you're listening to, however you're doing it, I think is actually really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I used to go to, um, Rhino Records in in Claremont Uh because there was, there was a, a gal there that worked there who just had great taste in music. And I would go to her and I'd ask her like, Hey, like, what are you listening to now? And it it was just like, she showed me one of this. I think she showed me like some chemical brothers uh, or jungle brothers or, or, or something like, just like really good where I was like, okay, this person here is knowledgeable about music because she's she everything that she's recommended has been sort of a um a, a, you know a knock out of the park she knocked it out of the park yeah oh awesome that's awesome man i don't know if she's still there though because i know uh uh rhino recently relocated they're in montclair now yeah i actually um so that person i saw her at the trader joe's in eagle rock oh <laughs> and yeah, and then I mean I, I'm assuming she lives in East LA now or like uh-huh. the east side of Los Angeles. Yeah. But and I wanted to like, hey, do you remember me? But I didn't because the thought of her not remembering such a like very sacred experience that I've had, like you know, receiving her her music recommendations. If she didn't remember that, I'd be crushed. So I just, oh. <laughs> I, yeah. So I said, I, I'm fine not approaching her on this one. Yeah, I totally get that, man. <laughs> so so then what do you recommend now? What, what's kind of piqued your interest or anything new that you've discovered? Or maybe uh, not so much new, but just something, oh, I, I, this is a new release that I'm really enjoying. Um, let's see here. Like like I said, my friend's uh, album, Gabriel DeRosa, uh, that's really beautiful that I've been listening to. I have a friend, his name is Obli, uh, O-B-L-I, and he... He's like a DJ um, and he just put together a lot of like cool, like sort of uh, it's, I want to say it's dancing music. I mean, I, I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. He just put out his first EP. Uh, that's amazing. Um, and sort of like, you know, kind of falling in love again with, with like albums that I was like obsessed with like a few years ago, like, like listening to um Band on the Run by Paul McCartney, like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, man, like, what a masterpiece. Like, I remember I was listening to the album so much that the people around me, like, got annoyed and they banned me from listening to <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. but it, it happens. It happens. Like, um, Paul McCartney sort of, like, really enjoying um, – actually, I'm going to do a little cheat because I'm going to see what I've been um, searching because I'm sort of drawing the blank right now. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, you're let's fine. see. But uh, speaking of Paul McCartney, um, you know, I mean, just a little throw in I'll do for you. Like, I remember you you mentioned you went to go, like, uh, uh, listen in to him playing at Dodger Stadium without going to the stadium, right? Just from the, out, from the parking lot? Or where were you when you listened to him? Yeah, so, like, uh, I was in the parking lot, and I think 
I think the show was sold out and I'm like, there's, there's no way that I'm not going to um, try to get as close or at least take a to like look at mm-hmm. a living beetle. So I was like, okay, I'll go, I went to the box office completely sold out. So I'm like, okay, next best thing is I'm just going to listen to the show from uh, like the pavilion area in Dodger stadium. And um and then I thought I had seen like a clear entrance into the show so that, I, and I tried to sneak in and security <laughs> caught me and they kicked me out. But like, I was being a bit of a, a, a like a thorn in their side because as they were escorting me out, they said, okay, you got to leave. So I was like zigzagging through cars on my way out. And then I realized like, Oh, these guys could potentially ban me from Dodger stadium, which, which would have been, a travesty if they had but um yeah yeah i tried to sneak in and like honestly i think uh if he tours again which is probably most like most likely he will uh i'm i'm going like i don't care if i'm the last seat or or hanging from like a roof somewhere like i want to physically see a beetle so okay yeah. yeah very cool man yeah um uh, I mean, there's there's like a, a, a lot of random songs. Like I love B- Bad Bunny currently. Um, mm-hmm. There's this like BTS song that I'm like really digging right now. Um, and like, okay, yesterday I spent all day listening to Less Than Jake. Oh, really? Wow, that's kind of random. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Okay, so uh, I was at a pizza joint on Saturday night and someone had played uh, uh, Johnny Quest thinks we're sellouts. Oh, that takes me back, man. <laughs> okay, so like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm just going to get in my car. I'm going to drive to where I'm going to go next. And I'm going to play Losing Streak by Less Than Jake, right? Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that I think I remembered like, like I want to say 75% of all those lyrics. I mean, I listened to that album like religiously in senior mm-hmm. my senior year. Yeah, and oh my gosh, dude! Like, uh, like Johnny Quest things were sellouts. Like, what if that's a bop, man? That's like a an amazing song, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just like ska in general, I think like I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like you know sometimes we we kind of like poke fun at ska, but the reality is like it's a really it's it's such a good it's like dancey upbeat like it really energizes you it's like i know i've been overusing this word but it's like really beautiful you know oh absolutely man i totally <laughs> agree yeah awesome man. Awesome. um yeah yeah but so that's that's what i've been listening to but like what 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 are you listening to man oh okay i'm glad you asked max i always like to share so um you know, uh, I know you're big on the Smiths and, uh, you know, Morrissey and Johnny Marr. Uh, last year, I mean, you know, I kind of did this every year. I pick, like, my favorite album of the year. Uh, Johnny Marr's last year's solo album, the uh, Fever Dreams Part 1 through 4, was fantastic. Absolutely love that record. Uh, so that would be my pick for the best album of 2022 for last year. Uh, but more recent, I mean, there's been some great releases this year so far. Uh, Depeche Mode's Momentum More was really, really good. Uh, in fact, maybe the best of, of the 21st century, which is kind of weird to say over the past like wow. almost like 25 years since, since the year 2000, I guess 23 right. years. Uh, so Memento Mori is really, really good and got to see them in concert recently. So that was fun. Uh, Metallica's new one's actually pretty interesting too. The uh, uh, 
72 seasons. Uh, it has a really huh. unique album design because like it's like a, a a broken crib in black with like a broken instruments and it's with the yellow background. So that's a really unique contrast. Uh, and then sometimes like the album cover can kind of spark your interest because some of Metallica's more recent album covers haven't been like super great, but that one actually caught yeah. my eye. So yeah, that one. Um, what else? Uh, oh, the Easy Star All Stars finally released another record. I mean, they just take their time and they what? just did a cover of uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust. No way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check that one out because I know you were really big on the Easy Star All Stars from before, and they 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 just because the last one was uh, uh, Thriller, which was back in 2012. So it's been 11 years oh, since their last cover album. But yeah, uh, Ziggy Stardust, that's definitely one I'd recommend checking out. Oh, that's a that's a clever name. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, then one more I'll throw out, too, because they just performed at Coachella this past weekend. Uh, the Gorillas new one. Cracker Island's pretty good. I, I wasn't really, really yeah. big on the Gorillas, but I, I gave it a listen. Like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I was on a Gorillas kick like um, a few weeks ago and just thinking about how the type of music like Blur was making and then like they take a hiatus and then you know, um, uh, Damon Alburn like creates like a whole new world, whole new band. And it, the music like was so sonically different than Blur, but it was like so new and amazing, a good concept. It was like, that, that was just like, that's brilliant. That's, that's, that's amazing. No, absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like we mentioned before, it's just really awesome and cool how you can take in music in so many ways, because I, I love streaming as well, because, again, of all these albums I just mentioned, uh, the only ones I own would be the Johnny Marr one and the Depeche Mode one. So the other three I've just been streaming through YouTube music. Uh, and it's really cool, like Marcelo said, like with the algorithm, you can just discover new stuff that way, which is fun and cool. But for those who are listening, I, I definitely would recommend taking a stroll in your local uh, indie record store if you haven't recently, because I think there's some uh, cool things you can find. Yeah. I mean, also um, in sort of like the whole experience with buying um, uh, records at a record at a record store is like I remember back in the day, uh, like reps who would come and bring like records to the record store would usually drop off like promotional items like so if you purchased um 311 sound system you got like a cool sticker pack for free because you purchased it there and so the, it was always like i may have purchased like two or three you know copies just so that i could get the like you know the extra like little tchotchke that they were giving out and it was um yeah it's sort of it, it gave it was sort of like that pokemon vibe right it's like you gotta yeah. catch them all yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah awesome man awesome uh did you have anything else with music that you wanted to share i mean if we wanted to we could probably go all night talking about music but i want to make oh, sure you man, got a chance uh, to share everything you wanted to yeah i mean um uh, i uh, i'm sure you've uh, i mean anyone who's who knows me knows that i've been sort of like obsessed with a band called turnstile mm -hmm. and um Turnstile, uh, they people have said this, and I can confirm that it's true. That it's like a mix of like Rage Against the Machine and um, and Three Eleven. Like, okay, it's yeah. like a perfect marriage of like the best things of both bands. And it's 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 their album Glow On is like uh, amazing. And 
speaking about like, you know, kind of on the same um, theme of like consuming uh, music in different ways. Uh, so they recorded that album and then they did sort of a four song music video. And it's like a, it's like shot in Puerto Rico. It's, it's so beautiful. It's like, like visually so warm and interesting with a different lot of colors, textures and stuff. I think it was all shot on film. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's sort of a narrative that really doesn't go anywhere, but it, it's, when you're in the moment, it's like really, it's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool, man. So I definitely want to check that one out as well. Uh, so shifting gears just a little bit. So I know through following you on social media, you recently had the experience of visiting South America. And in our, our previous discussion last year that we talked about, you mentioned, you know, how much you love Buenos Aires, like it's a, a South American European city, essentially. So, so I wanted to just get your take. And then I know you also got to see Brazil. So and Brazil obviously has a soft place in my heart for the time I got to serve as a missionary there for our church. So yeah. I wanted to get your experience or I can share with the listeners. What was your experience visiting South America recently? Um, it was great. I mean, there, uh, there, there's always going to be someone who's going to tell you that you need to be careful about certain places. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, South America, I mean, in particular, um, Argentina, it's it's fallen on like really hard times. And like, obviously, people are resulting into thieving and stuff like that. But like, if you play, if you're smart, and you're not like walking around with a American flag or something, you know, mm -hmm. like, if you don't make yourself an easy target, like, you'll be fine, you know, just be smart. But yeah. uh, I mean, all this to say is like, I mean, Argentina, I mean, uh, Argentina, I hadn't been, I hadn't been to Buenos Aires in like, since I think 2016 or 2017. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, a, it's it like, it hasn't changed. Like it's charm has not changed. And it, it's, it's just a really European city. It's like really spacious and green. And, you know, you've got new developments mixed in with like old, old buildings or retrofitted buildings that are, you know, selling for that like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it, it's like a very, it's a beautiful country, man. Like Brazil too. Like, Oh my gosh. Like we, we were in Sao Paulo and my coworker and I, we went down to this, we went down to this like tennis, tennis court that you had to rent, but it was like sandwiched in between all these like tall buildings. So it was like, you know, you didn't get much sun. It was like a lot in the shade, but you're just sort of blown away by how beautiful, like the beautiful location where you're at. Like, and then, uh, 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 yeah, like a tennis court in front of a bunch of buildings. It's like, who would have thought, you know, and that adds to its beauty and stuff. So uh, I, I loved Rio. I loved Sao Paulo. You know, we went to uh, Chile and, um, Colombia, Colombia was beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. Colombia was beautiful. It was like rainy, green. I mean, it, it, I wish I had more time there. It was really beautiful. But yeah. Yeah. I, when's the last time you went out of the country? Uh, it had to have been for, for missionary service. So, so yeah, back to uh, 2000, 2001. Uh, oh, no, I take it back. I take it back. My wife and I, our honeymoon was in the Bahamas. So that would have been 2014. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
yeah so the bahamas are beautiful too it was so great and awesome to see and just how relaxed and um yeah yeah so i mean to, to get to travel would be awesome especially foreign foreign travel just right now it's, it's a little difficult with the kids being as young as they are but uh as they get older sure. we'll be able to do more of that because my wife very much yeah. wants to go see europe and she's been before so oh that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. and it would be good for them to like experience it as well you know the kids oh, absolutely. yeah yeah absolutely man absolutely yeah. So uh, well, hopefully you get the chance to go back and visit South America again soon and continue with your travels. Cause I know you're really big on that. And then Japan, you know, that you had to got to see the tower records out there, which is really cool. Oh dude, that was dope. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I bought a, I bought a tote bag from there that I was using all the time and I went on a tour and it disappeared. It was oh. Like gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. But uh, to, to wrap things up for tonight, let's actually do a little bit of Dodger talk. So, I mean, I, it was cool, again, to follow you on social media and get to see that you were at a game recently with our mutual good friend, Sean Lovano, a uh, frequent guest on the show. Uh, so I'm wondering your take on on the recent surge of offense from the teams and what do you think about the, the pitch clock? Uh, do you think that's actually having an effect? Because I've been listening to podcasts with like uh, – uh, AM570 correspondents like uh, uh, David Vasse and Tim Cates, they honestly seem to think that the, the pitch clock is actually uh, one of the leading causes for the recent surge of offense we're seeing. So I was curious what your take is. I mean, do you like that? Or, I mean, how is the Dodger team looking right now? I mean, um, I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, I'm super consumed with uh, English Premier League football right now that, like, <laughs> I'm almost – like there's a lot of baseball to be had, yeah. you know? So, yeah. but, um, but there was a report or that someone put out recently where they were looking at this one pitcher from Toronto. I forget his name, Momoa or Moa or something, but uh -huh. he's a heavier set guy and he's uh -huh. a starting pitcher. And um, the pitch clock is actually working against him because now he's not taking he can't like recover fast enough within like the 25 second period. He mm -hmm. needs a little extra time. So when he goes up there, he's throwing balls and he's tired. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, you're either not putting all you're essentially pitching the, a batter hittable balls. Mm -hmm. And so you end up seeing like, you know, a spike in offense because there are pitchers who aren't fully recovered from pitching the previous pitch. Yeah. So I, I, I hate the pitch clock. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate it because for me, when I went to the game, all I was thinking about was how fast the game was going. Like I was like, there are people who showed up around the sixth inning and I'm like, yo, you guys have 30 minutes, 40 minutes, like worth of baseball left in this game. Whereas before, I think they say that the pitch clock actually makes games 20 minutes faster. But I argue, like, who cares about 20 minutes? You're, you're not only are you you're playing 20 minutes, the, the game lasts 20 minutes, but that means, like, what has happened in those um, 20 minutes? You get more ad revenue. You have more time to sell concessions. You have more time to do X, Y, Z. And so the pitch clock for me is, is I'm not saying it's ruining baseball because I'm not that dramatic, but it's ruining baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's a good take. Yeah, I think it's just not making it fun. I, I, I just don't think it's that fun. Like, why do I want to see a pitcher throw a ball that he's too tired to throw at 100%? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like, I, I'm sorry, man, but I, I think it's, I, you know what? I think in like MLB is probably saying like, you know what? We probably messed up here. This is a dumb rule. Let's go back after this season. I I, I bet that happened. Okay, we'll definitely see, man. It's, it's documented here on the podcast, so we'll see what happens. But uh, it, it is an interesting take. I'm, I'm great, glad you, uh, that you're able to show your, your thoughts on that. Uh, but I yeah, want to yeah. ask you about when you got to go to the game with Sean. So, I mean, since the COVID restrictions have been lifted, I've only gone to one game with my family, and it was a blast. We had so much fun with the recent renovations. Yeah. Very family friendly for the kids and stuff. So I was curious what you thought, and also like for the, the additional food options they have, uh, the experience now versus maybe before. What did you think? Oh, I, I mean, I think um, I think the food like options have always been decent, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that they have, um, um, I know that they have like more concessions. But can I can I like can I brag about something really quick? Oh, no, go for it. Yeah, of course. So uh, I know a few friends who know one of the Dodgers owners and long story short, the first game of the uh, Padre series uh, for the NL, NL, um, NLDS the division series. Yeah. yeah. The division series. I, I was at that game. Right. Awesome. Man. And I'm, I'm like watching this game with one of the owners and the owner keeps going like, Hey man, let's go down let's go downstairs and he keeps on saying downstairs, but he was referring to like the bar that's right behind home plate, but not like the bar that people who have dugout seats go to. This was like the bar where like Sandy Koufax was watching the game. Wow. Like, dude. So I'm like, I, and I'm like, I pinch myself and I, I and I know I'm, I, I'm sounding braggadocious, but like, seriously, it was like, I told my friends, I'm like, if this is the last, if this is my last day on earth, this would probably be like the best thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to sit at like, uh, literally like one, like one row. I was like right behind home plate in the owner's box. And I probably sat in a seat where, you know, Tom sort of may have sat like in previous years, but, it was an experience. Like I was, I told JT, like, come on, let's go JT. And he looked at me and give me like a slight nod. Like that's how close I was. And so like, you know, that experience of just like walking around and enjoying like Dodger stadium, like, dude, they have like a whole buffet in the back, like catered by like, I don't know, uh, Wolfgang puck or some crap like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's all, it's all, Dodger Stadium will always be, in my book, like the best stadium ever. But there are no other, there are no other um, stadiums out there, baseball stadiums that will hold a candle to Dodger Stadium. And I understand there's some problematic history in Chavez Ravine. I get that, but. And I don't want to disrespect those people because it was a horrible thing that happened in Chavez Ravine. But I mean, it, it, it literally is like one of the best stadiums. 
I mean, ever. Stay best stadium in the world. Absolutely so. agree, man. Absolutely agree. In fact, I mean, even before the renovations, I mean, it was just uh, the perfect way just to go and spend a Friday night for a game. And then I, I again, I, I love the renovations. It's actually really cool. It's made an inviting experience for my my kids. And yeah, yeah. yeah nothing but great things about the Dodgers regardless of how they're doing but I think I do agree I mean sometimes too much <laughs> offense is not necessarily a good thing where like I'm looking at the score and it's like oh man they gave up like another like six 15 16 runs however many it was and then the next night they'll score that many so go figure right yeah well like uh, I, I mean it's the to me it's like the lack of pitching you know mm-hmm. I mean like and also the fact that we have uh, I think um our shortstop, uh, geez, I can't from, keep from forgetting his name. Um, uh, Miguel Rojas. Yeah. No, 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 no. Is that it? Anyways, um, now Mookie's playing like shortstop. It's like, mm-hmm. geez, like, I mean, we had our perfect chance of winning a World Series last year. We probably could have also kept Trey Turner and given um, – uh, JT another year mm-hmm. like we had so much to prove last year and now we don't have anything to prove because all our I mean we're just like a mixed bag of players right now I mean they say we're going to get Otani next year but like okay cool but you need a a regular ass team behind you know I don't know. I mean, I guess I that's know. the problem with the Angels are having, right? I mean, they got Mike Trout and Otani, and they're they're still bad. <laughs> yeah, they're still bad. <laughs> so sorry, my Angels but, fans who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, you don't want them as fans of the Angels fans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, hey, I not... had a quick question for you. I hate yeah, it go for I, it. And I don't like. So your daughter is now she's got to be exposed to music, right? Oh, she absolutely is from both sides of the parenthood. So from my my side and from Allison's side as well, which uh, eh, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, I think. <laughs> okay, so like what what song of her, uh, what song that do you play that gets the biggest reaction out of her? Oh, she, she loves uh, Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo and uh, Hello, I Love You by The Doors. Like she can actually sing both of those songs. No way. Yeah, she could start saying like, it's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? Come and leave your body at the door. <laughs> and then she'll say, no way. I love you. Won't you tell me your name? <laughs> it's really cute oh. to hear a single song. So yeah, like, you know, I, our parents can have a huge influence. A lot of the stuff I still kind of listen to was music that both my mom and dad like. And that was kind of like my earliest experience uh, or uh, exposure to music was through my parents. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, my mom would play um, Motown all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like I grew up listening to the Supremes and, you know, the Temptations and just pretty much like anything Motown. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't particularly love that music now. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, you got to love them. Like, you know, they're all classicals, but yeah. um, they're not classicals. They're all classic songs and mm-hmm. artists and whatnot but but yeah it was um yeah it was it was an influence nonetheless you know oh absolutely man 
So, so yeah, thank yeah. you for your time, man. This has been a really great, awesome conversation. And I know when it comes to music, I mean, we could go like till midnight if we wanted to, but, uh, but any yeah. other points you want to bring up before we wrap up? Uh, no, man, I think, I think I talked enough. Um, but yeah, I can't really stress it. I can't really stress, um, how important it is to just like listen to music I, I started like I started practicing something recently when instead of when someone uh, responds to my question, like, what do you listen to? What are you listening to? And they say a band that I don't like or I don't think is cool. Mm -hmm. I'll try not to <laughs> I'll try not to like make fun of them. Like I, I try to be like understanding why they like that music, you know? So oh, instead you know, of saying a... like, oh, Taylor Swift is stupid, X, Y, Z, I'll go like, oh, interesting. Like what, so like, what about it do you love, you know? And maybe I'm asking just to be a butthole, but like, or an asshole or whatever. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Okay, so I one more point positive, I wanted to bring up just because you mentioned it. So this past weekend at work, like one of our regular customers who comes in and he's, he's a big music fan too. And he knows that I love music. So he asked me, hey, what do you think of that band, Greta Van Fleet? And I almost wanted to just chuckle at him. I was like, oh, they're, they're like the new Nickelback. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if there's anything inherently wrong. It's just like no one seems to really like him. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's I mean, I think for us who like grew up listening to Led Zeppelin, mm -hmm. we know it's like a direct carbon copy, you know? <laughs> Come yeah. on. So sorry. I mean, they didn't really necessarily do anything bad. But, I mean, I had to maybe give them another chance. But yeah, I listened to a few songs and thought maybe this sounds kind of cool. But uh, nope, they just already have a bad reputation without doing anything wrong. So yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but uh, oh, Marcelo, thank you for joining me tonight. This was always a blast to catch up with old friends, and then uh, I think our conversation is yes. fun and just music. I can talk for for hours if we wanted to. But yeah. Uh, I definitely I want to have that. you back on again soon, maybe for the, the Champions League final. I think that'd be really, really cool. Maybe get Derek back on too. I think that'd be a really fun conversation. Oh, yeah. Also, like my Arsenal, uh, they've messed up, man. They could have won the world. I mean, we're still in contention to win the premiership, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating. Okay, man. Yeah, but then and also just quick shout out to uh, to Rex M. I mean, really, really awesome and great. I was just so excited to see the team come up. And then yeah, I've been following them extensively ever since uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney bought the team. So, yeah, well, you know, what's beautiful about that is like, you know, those are millionaires who own a, a um, like a football club. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between a millionaire and a, like a multi-billionaire family you know mm -hmm. like these guys are putting a lot of money or raising a lot of money to help like a small town mm -hmm. and like it, it just like what a what a good like example of how like heart and really caring for something can bet can really benefit from like a cash injection you know what i'm saying yeah like that club needed that money that money they needed someone who had a passion to try to lift the city and this club up. And they did. And it's like, what a, what a great ending, you know, it just, it, I thought, I thought it was uh, brilliant. It was amazing. 
Oh, absolutely, man. I'm totally looking forward to the the next season of uh, Welcome to Rexham on uh, FX. I think it's going to be really exciting. They got oh, yeah, a, a lot of great stuff to talk about with this past season. So. Heck yeah. Very cool, man. Well, thanks for Marcelo. Thank you, Marcelo, again for joining me tonight. And uh, huge thanks to all the listeners for listening. Okay, you've been listening to the, the Casting for Fun podcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>